Do you go with the flow? Join us each week as we take one topic from classical Christian education and ask ourselves whether or not we're going with the flow. All right, well, welcome to Going With The Flow. My name is Tyler, and I'm not going to be in this episode uh, too much just here at the beginning. Uh, This is mostly going to be an interview between Eric and uh, Matt Canlis, and they're going to be talking about why Christians should be involved in the arts. And I think this is going to be probably the start to a little bit of a series because this is a a topic that I'm really passionate about. So uh, enjoy the conversation. This is Eric talking with Matt Canlis. Well, I am uh, here with Matt Canlis. Good friend of mine, pastor, author, filmmaker, and just a all-around great guy. And uh, so we are going to talk about art uh, and and Christians' involvement in uh, the arts in particular. Uh, let me start off first by just uh, just saying or asking you, Matt, why um, why would I invite you to talk about art? Thanks, Eric. It's a good question. I like to think of myself as an artist, and that's not because I think I have a special gift of some kind. I believe because we're made in God's image, and he was the first artist. All of us are artists, and I have found particular ways to do that, but I pray that's not my own calling. This is a calling for any Christian. I would absolutely agree. I said I was not going to be in this episode, and then I found out I am. So um, this is, you just reminded me, the thing that you just said, we're made in God's image. Um, J.R.R. Tolkien says, uh, he talks about us all, because we are made in God's image, we are all creators or sub-creators. And that's one of our, we reflect God's image in a lot of different ways. Um, We we refract God's image in a lot of different ways, in, in negative ways. But the way that we are, his, his people is, is, uh, and his creations are how we tell stories and how we subcreate. We create because we are created by him. And, we, and I, I love that idea. This is why I'm so, I'm so passionate about Christians in the arts because um, I, th- I think it's, it's absolutely our God-given duty. So at, uh, so at root, we, uh, we are, so we're made in God's image. And so ultimately we are all in a process of creating. And so in a sense, uh, every, I, every human being uh, is involved in art at some level because we're all recreating things. We're all, you know, creating uh, things. So, but Matt, why is there a tension uh, in the relationship between Christians and art? That's a great question because it's existed for centuries and it probably began early on in the Old Testament which at that point was the only testament, when God's people were trying to figure out how do we not make the mistake of making an idol or an image that does not fully express who God is. And so God gave the command, you know, no graven images, no idols. And yet there was this tension even in the Old Testament with the desire to be artists. The spirit first fell upon the man who helped design the temple and be the artist who decorated it. Hmm. You have the Psalms where people are singing and music is art. Hmm. You have literature itself as the Old Testament, which is expressing God's word in written words. So there was always this artistic impulse, but there was also a fear and a healthy fear of 
capturing God in one image or idol that would limit who God is. But then when Jesus arrived and became for us the image of the invisible God, as Paul puts it, Christians began to risk being a little bit more artistic, even in the visual arts. But check out these questions from the early centuries when people were being baptized and pastors had to figure out, can we let this person become a Christian? They would ask questions like, do you own a brothel? And the person would hopefully say no, or if they did, they'd have to give up this profession. They would ask, are you a gladiator? Hmm. And the person would say yes or no, because if you were, you'd have to give up this profession. They would also ask, do you work in the theater? Hmm. And that's because back in the day, theaters were often linked to brothels and a whole connection between a very secular form of life Hmm. in a way that today's theaters might not be. But that began the watch out for theater, watch out for the arts that I don't think was God's intention across all time, but is particular to that moment. But as I said, they've got this Pauline passage saying, in Christ, we have the image of the invisible God. Hmm. Jesus is now the physical manifestation of who God is in human flesh, fully human, fully divine. And then you begin to see artists popping up all over the church. It was an exciting time for the early church. Hmm. So so you think that, that some of the skepticism may have come from the early church and and probably a, a right a rightful uh, doubting of some of the of the secular art that was being produced in theater, uh, you know, and kind of a fearfulness there, but that it um, but that it has been over the years reclaimed by Christians. And uh, you know, when I think about that, I think about uh, you know Michelangelo and um, the the amazing artwork that he did. Um, you know, so that's a clear example of reclaiming yes. the arts. Uh, so what you you have Matt you have engaged in um, in the arts uh, over uh, over your adult life and one of the ways that you have engaged in the arts is you you made a film a beautiful film and in fact if you haven't seen it I would I would recommend that you see it it's it's lovely it's uh, it is inspiring it will get you thinking you know uh, it's it's just a it's everything that art ought to do it makes you think about life it makes you reflective uh, it you know it pushes you uh, to um, to be a better to be a better person a better uh, version of yourself. Uh, so this film that you did was uh, was titled Godspeed. Why did you uh, why did you make that film? I made Godspeed really because I was inspired by John's Gospel. I think of the Gospel of John as the first graphic novel. John was trying to find a way in words with the Holy Spirit's help to write something that gave people a picture of who Jesus was and what Jesus did. John was a master storyteller and he both used the genre of his day and innovated to give basically this film on paper. And if you recall that people back in the day did not read John's gospel like you read a book, they heard it. Hmm. So as they heard the story, they visualized what John's gospel is painting for us. And I thought, how can I do the same in a modern genre to tell the story of what happens in Scotland when an American who is new to the country, thinking I have great ideas, fresh out of seminary, wanting to tell people what they need, 
encounters of people who actually show me what I need and frankly helped me live more like Jesus in being somebody who walked around, somebody who knew people by name, somebody not on my phone, but present in a way that we as Americans long for, that the old world knows, and that Godspeed begins to recover. Hmm. So, so you, you wanted to, you wanted to imitate John in drawing people into a to a larger story and inspire them to uh, to think about um, think about life differently. That's right. And I knew a thirty minute film is something people would watch. Um, it's free, and so it's accessible, just like the gospel is today. And I hoped it would draw people into the story of Jesus, into the story of this small Scottish village, and how I learned there what Jesus lived and walked and preached in the first century. That's what it's calling people today to recover. Yeah, and I think you did a, a beautiful job of that. So we have, we have more art Coming up in Wenatchee, you have invited Andrew Peterson to come to Wenatchee. Why did you? Why did you invite Andrew? Why did you pick Andrew Peterson? Great question. He is my favorite living music writer. His lyrics are the most biblical, theological, creative masterpieces of our time. Hmm. Nobody knows that yet. They will. They might know him from the Wingfeather Saga which again, I think is the best writing we've had since Lewis with engaging with imagination and story. And I'm praying that people in Wenatchee discover the gift of Andrew Peterson. He's a friend of mine because we met a few years ago because he showed Godspeed at his annual conference, something called Hutchmoot in Nashville that gathers creatives and artists from across the country to be artistic together. And I said, Andrew, I'm going to finish a book by Leap Day, I Pray, which invites people into the sequel of Godspeed, of walking in their own neighborhoods to slow down, to catch up with God. And Andrew loved the project. So he said, Matt, Leap Day is a strange day, happens every four years. I'm in Atlanta on Friday to a sold out crowd. I'm in Seattle on Sunday I'm sure I can fit Wenatchee in the middle, and that's why it's Saturday night, seven o'clock. I love, I love that, and I love. I I want to just second what you just said about Andrew Peterson. I think he is, um, he's been around for forever. I mean, he's been around since I was since I was a teenager, listening to uh, back when I only listened to Christian Christian music because that's all we were allowed to listen to. Um, but uh, he he has always had he has a unique sound, and he's got captivating lyrics. And we were talking about before we started recording his "Behold the Lamb of God." tour, which is doing exactly what you described. He very purposefully said, I want a collaborative, um, unified concert that tells one tale the entire way through. And he brings d- different people in with different weird instruments and different voices and, and things like that to, to tell the tale of creation. It is my favorite Christmas album. It's maybe my favorite album ever. And it's just absolutely fantastic. Um, and, and I'm, I'm, genuinely excited that Andrew Peterson is coming here. So, so here's what's fun. When I called Andrew, I said, Andrew, I know you've got a set gig and playlist for your concert tour, but would you let me craft a playlist of my own? Because you did a great job with Christmas and Behold the Lamb of God, but I want to craft something approaching Easter. Yeah. And if you've heard Resurrection Letters, there's actually a mm-hmm. prologue to the letters 
which is about Lent and the buildup. And when he heard that, he said, Matt, that's not a typical request. <laughs> but you have an idea I've yeah. always wanted to do. Yes, to the playlist. And so the fun thing is people can listen to the playlist. Yeah. So they can be ready for the concert. That's a one of a kind. So it's already up. Do you have it on a website already or a way that you can <coughs> other people can view it? Yes, it's on the posters. You click okay. your little phone on the black and white thing. I don't understand. Oh, the, oh, is there a QR code on the posters? Exactly. Okay, cool. Cool. That's awesome. And so those posters, we'll, um, we'll maybe see if we can put a link to a poster on the, in the show notes. And then um, we've got them hanging around the school, at least. We've got those hanging up. But we'll, uh, we'll get those out um, so maybe this can reach a bit of a wider audience. So, we, so you've got Andrew Peterson coming on the 29th of February, Leap Day, which, by the way, why did you choose Leap Day? That's kind of interesting. So what was the what was the thought behind that? Yeah, I loved looking at the calendar and noticing it was a leap year because part of Godspeed's message is leap ahead by slowing down, get ahead by starting to walk. And so I wanted to choose a day where, almost like back in the first week where God created out of nothing, it's almost like God created an extra day for us this year to slow down, pay attention, be aware of what we really want in Christ. It also happens to be the day before the first Sunday of Lent or the 40 days leading up to Easter. And I didn't want us just to arrive to Easter to celebrate the resurrection. I wanted to take 40 days to slow down, walk 15 minutes a day, and think about all that Jesus did, both in his birth, in his life, in his death and resurrection, so that we arrive to Easter this year truly aware of who he is and who we are and where we are. The entire 40 days is driven by God's first question in Genesis. Do either of you know God's first question? Uh, is it where are you? Yes. Yeah. A geographical question. Well, that's not going to be on there. Oh. Sorry. Well, for those of you who didn't hear, Tyler said, Tyler got it right. He, the first right. question that God asks is, where are you? And Adam and Eve failed to say, here I am. Hmm. They don't let themselves be found. Instead, they point fingers at each other. They hide behind a tree. They blame each other. They blame God. Had they said, here I am, God, help me. I'm sorry. There might have been less of a fall and a quicker return. Hmm. What I then began to notice across the Old Testament is that the key lost children who are found start saying, Hineni in Hebrew, hmm. which means here I am. Abraham says it. Jacob says it. Samuel says it. David says it. Isaiah says it. All these key men hmm. who turn history around by saying, let me be found. Let hmm. me be the child I once was in the garden in the first Adam and now become in Christ, ultimately in the new creation. Hmm. So that's the where are you, here I am movement of the book that Andrew wants to land us in on Leap Day to say, here I am. We are artists. We are celebrating what God is doing and beginning the walk towards Easter. So, you're, uh, so, you're, so you mentioned the book and Lent. Uh, so, you've, you've, uh, so your, your film, Godspeed, isn't the only art that you've done. You've also written a book. And uh, so your your latest book, which just came out, is Backyard Pilgrim. Uh, so tell us a little bit about Backyard Pilgrim and what do you hope that it does 
for uh, for me as an individual? What do you hope that it does for for my family? Sure. When people watched Godspeed, one of the responses I did not like was, oh, I just need to move to Scotland. Oh, there's greener grass in Scotland. If I could just get there, things would change. No, I can make a second film about Scotland that shows the challenges of living in that part of the world. And all of us know that wherever we go, we take ourselves with us. And so we're the problem. So I wrote a book as a sequel to the film called Backyard Pilgrim, which is saying, discover holy ground beneath Mm. your feet. Pay attention to where you already are. And because it's driven by the question God first asks, where are you? I'm hoping that for 40 days, people say, here I am, 15 minutes a day Mm. in their own neighborhood. The tagline in the book is, this is not a book to read inside. It's a pilgrimage to walk. And so when you read the book, there's just one page a day. And there's a Bible verse on the left side of the page, which goes from Genesis all the way to Jesus. On the right side of the page is a parish path, which you choose to walk 15 minutes a day out your workplace, out your front door of your home, basically saying, Lord, here I am, out in creation, out in the neighborhood, paying attention to this place on earth that you have put me and being aware of who he is. Individuals will do this and they'll say, here I am, but also friends might walk together. A parent might walk with a child. You might commit to 15 minutes of breaking up your day with a walk with someone you love and saying, here we are. Hmm. And uh, what, so walking was a significant theme for you in the film Godspeed. And now it's a significant theme for you in this, in this Backyard Pilgrim book. Um, what do you think it is about walking that, that gets us in touch with with basically here I am, with saying here I am. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Often in my office at work, I get stuck inside my head, inside my own ideas. And I might try harder at pencil and paper or typing or thinking about it. And often I hear the spirit saying, step outside, go for a walk, get moving. And whenever I do that, it often brings me out of my stuckness, which is both physical and mental and emotional and spiritual. Walking connects you back to your body, connects you back to the place that you are. And I often return to my office or to my home, a different person. This might be because one of the first things we see God doing in Genesis is walking in the garden in the cool of the day. It's one of the first images of God. And I believe that as embodied people, we are meant to engage our bodies, not just get stuck in our brains. That's the echo chamber that has so many people depressed, um, anxious, and isolated. Walking gets us out into creation, out with our neighbors, and outside of ourselves and onto our feet. Hmm. Yeah, it's so good. And and you, what you say is is so true. Uh, sometimes I think that the greatest prison um, out there is the prison of our own minds. Uh, we we just get stuck, and you know whether it's you know trying to solve a problem or whether it's being riddled with anxiety or fears or doubts or um, or even good desires that aren't um, 
that that haven't yet been fulfilled, we, we just get stuck in our heads. And um, what I love about the call to get outside and walk is it's a tangible way for me to say, here I am. It's actually a, it's a physical expression of me saying, here I am, here I am, Lord. Find me, find me here in Wenatchee, in my neighborhood, in my school, uh, and uh, you know, just kind of opening my hands to the Lord. So I love that. Well, um, Matt, is there anything else that you want to add to our to the start of a discussion on art uh, and Christians being engaged in the arts and some of the ways that you're working to recover that? Probably. There's one story I should tell, which is in the old parish in Scotland, a place called Methlick, there was a church tower that has a clock on it, which I thought was for telling the time. But of course, originally, clock towers were not clock towers. There used to not be clocks hmm. until around 1500. They were bell towers. And when the bells rang, it was always a call to worship. Hmm. And of course, the bells ring on... Sunday morning at the time of worship, but they also rang on the hour as a call to worship across the parish so that wherever you were, you recognized God calling out that first question in Genesis, where are you? Where are you? And on my better days, whether I was inside my house and you could hear it from my house or outside in the driveway or walking somewhere in the parish, I would whisper, here I am, here I am. Here I am changing a diaper. Here I am fighting with my wife. Sorry. Uh, here I am writing a sermon. Help. I want people to hear God's where are you echoing across their day, interrupting their day so that we can say, here I am in Christ in this place and find a freedom that I believe the spirit is trying to give to his people, but we're often too busy or too distracted to notice. Hmm. It just it reminds me of, uh, of, of Luke 15, uh, the, the parable of the lost, uh, the lost coin and the lost uh, sheep and then the lost son. And really, we're all lost, but God, the, the story of Luke 15 is God is, is wanting to find us. And uh, yeah, it makes, it makes me think maybe I need to put something on my cell phone that dings or something that every hour to remind me to say, here I am, Lord, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm your servant and I'm, I'm at school and I'm, you know, having a conversation with a student or a parent. Here I am, Lord. Exactly. And when God first asked, where are you? He knew the answer. He knew where Adam and Eve were. He was trying to help them say, here I am and own where they are and who they are. And yes, some people at churches are now putting little notices on their phone, on their watches to make this where are you interrupt their day, but it's the best interruption you could ever have. Because it's what we really need. We need to be found by our Heavenly Father. Yes, and he, he has found us, and now we need to own our willingness to say, here I am. We need to rest in our identity in Him. Well, Matt, I'm really excited for the concert coming up on Leap Day, February 29th, 
And uh, we will put a link to uh, the Eventbrite where you can get the tickets in the show notes. Uh, you can also go to godspeed.org and you, there's a link to uh, not only the film, but also to the tickets uh, where you can get the tickets there and details about the concert. Uh, it's The concert is at, uh, is it 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock, 7 o'clock Sage Hills Church. Sage Saturday Hills night. Church on the 29th. We are really looking forward to it and we hope that we see you all there. Matt, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate it. And one little thing, the website is actually livegodspeed.org. Oh, thank you. The film is Godspeed, but it's all one word, livegodspeed.org and go to the Eventbrite Backyard Pilgrim for $15 tickets. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Going With The Flow, a River Academy podcast. Follow us on Facebook at The River Academy and find us online at www.theriveracademy.org. Also, rate and subscribe to us wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you.